Hello and welcome back to Checkpoint Radio. My name is James and I'm with Ben and Connor and today we're talking about first person shooters and why there seems to be a real lack of quality across these games. We'll be discussing Call of Duty's impact on the genre for good and for bad, the lack of originality and how microtransactions are ruining the experience for everyone as well as a whole host of other things. But before that, gentlemen, how are we today? Ben, how are you? Very good, thank you. Enjoyed a nice weekend uh, weekend off with the family. Haven't really done much, to be honest, but that's the kind of weekend I like. Um, (laughs) Yeah, not much to report. Just been chilling and gaming. Didn't you say you went to the cinema the other night? Oh, I did. So I went and saw, um, what's it called? Haunted in Venice? A Haunting in Venice. Yeah, really good. What what Um, is this movie about? So it's the Agatha Christie... I can't pronounce his name. Something Praro. He's like a detective. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's a uh, something going on in Venice, and he's there just chilling, loving life, retired. But mm. something draws him back in the uh, supernatural sense. And yeah, yeah, really good, really, really good. It was. I watched um, the first one, the one that was on a train. I thought that was really good. Like I watched Murder on the Orient Express or yes, the one, called, isn't it? And then there's the one set in Egypt, which I didn't like too much. Oh, mate, that movie is so shit. I yeah. watched that film. It's got um, Army Hammer, the yeah. cannibal guy, and, and um, <laughs> um, Gal Gadot, and like a bunch of other people in it. Yeah, but, um, I wasn't the biggest fan of that one. I think yeah, the plot really bad. was yeah, and the like meant to be twist at the end wasn't very sort of. It was mm. like oh oh, it was kind of. Kind of knew it was them, but I didn't want to pick them because it was too obvious. But um, anyway, yeah. but then this last one really sets you down a few different paths, and then it you kind of think at one moment you're right, but then you are kind of right, but you're wrong. It was really good. Highly recommend watching it. <laughs> okay. And then I also oh. saw Saw X yesterday in the cinema, right. and like it was okay, but it kind of ended very flat. Very like it kind of ended. And then you were like, is there, is there more to it? And there was like a post-credit scene. Of course, but... it's going to be another 15 of them. Hang on, it's yeah. be, is, is, is Saw X Saw 10? Yes. I, well, I, I think it's no meant to clue. be. I had yeah. no clue there were that many Saws. I've, I've seen, I think, the first three and yeah. vaguely remember the plot or whatever the plot is mm. supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah, I know there's been a bunch of spin-offs and stuff and like a bunch of like other little sort know. of tie-in films and shit. I s- I've seen maybe the first one and then I've seen like a very random one in the middle somewhere. Oh, I and... wish you hadn't seen any in the middle. I wish you'd seen the first one and then like the latest one. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know what's but going on. Dude's got I cancer kind of apparently. Felt... Yeah. That's I what... kind of felt like it was definitely, you know how the new Avatar film was almost like a prequel to a whole, obviously, plethora of new Avatar films coming out. It was very much like maybe it's them that, trying to start a new thing. I don't know. Start of a it new sequence okay. of movies. Like every Marvel film pretty much is just like yeah. a, a trailer for another movie. To be honest, I didn't really enjoy it. It was like typical <laughs> Saw, but story-wise, nah. Those films do yeah. nothing for me. I, d- yeah. I don't really understand. Well, I've seen it's, just meant, overly... it's meant to be the, sh- the shock factor. And that's that's yeah. the whole appeal of it. It's just a shock yeah. factor. But it's just like overly i know it's meant to be overly gory that's literally mm. why you go and watch it but it seemed so overly gory yeah but yeah. I don't, you know he's punishing them mm. it was a bit it was like too much it's like 
I, yeah. I want to talk so, about yeah, these people. These people suck, but you suck even more than these yeah. people who you're supposed to be punishing. You're just like, a straight up dick. Yeah, without too much, too many spoilers, there was this one girl who was quite literally innocent, literally didn't really do anything that bad at all, literally yeah, yeah. just like a bystander. And he fucking tortured the shit out of her. And I was like, dude, chill out. <laughs> she didn't even do anything. Like she could have not even been there and the, the result would have been the same. So Yeah. Yeah, I never really understood them. Like I, I get that they're, they're like I said, it's a shock factor thing, but I mean, yeah. I, I think it gets to a point with some of these movies where it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, grotesque for the sake of being grotesque yeah. or trying to be anyway and it's like there's only so much you can kind of do before it's like this is just totally pointless I find now. with them sort of horror movies because it. they change directors a lot like you see yeah. with the Halloween movies like John Carpenter did like the one I think he did just the first one OG one yeah and then he might have come back for one later and then they're like oh I've got to outdo that and I think that we've saw like, oh, okay, so we've done this with the needles and this and this. How do we get it worse? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like the first one of those types of films is always like the most original and like mm. it would have been the first one of its kind. It's great. Everyone loves it. And then it just becomes a money machine. Then it's like, right, yeah. how many more can we make? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, horror films are a bit, a bit like, they're so hit and miss. But I'll tell yeah. you what, like, I, I really like uh, Jeepers Creepers 2 which is like super random. And the reason I really like Jeepers Creepers 2 is because in the end, they figure out how to kill Mr. Jeepers. Like they just, rather than sort of them cowarding away and kind of hiding from him and trying to escape, they kind of take the fight to him. And there's the old farmer guy who has like that fucking gas powered, like harpoon gun and just like, shoots him straight through the chest with it and then he's like fucking stabbing him up and shit at the end i just really love the end of that movie and i feel like in a lot of horror films like halloween like you say connor i went and watched the new halloween film that came out a few years ago that was like a continuation of the movies from 30 years ago mm. and the dude is like still fucking running around like shanking people up and slicing them up and like lifting them up off the floor like this guy must be pushing 100 because he was already old in like the first movies and if it's a direct continuation it's kind of just like but it's pure Why are you letting him terrorise the town yeah. like that? Oh, he's bullshit, pure That's what it is. He's fueled by the devil. Yeah. Oh, it's just, sometimes <laughs> these movies, are they really just like, I know when you go and watch a film, you're meant to suspend all your sort of like disbelief, but yeah. sometimes they're just so blatantly bad that it's like, I, I just mm. can't do anything but feel negative about everything that I'm seeing right now. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, spooky season's yeah. coming up, so I'm sure, you know, see yeah. a lot more horror films out there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Connor, what about you? How are you doing? Uh, I can't top that. Uh, <laughs> nothing you can't much. top Saw 10. No, I can't. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, just been obviously working. Um, I finally jumped into Remnant 2 um, oh, nice. this week. I've played like three and a half hours, I think. I'm enjoying it. I like it. I can understand yeah. why people are, but um, awesome. I, I think that's a game that you're going to need to put like a hundred odd hours into. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm off of Starfield now. I've just uninstalled it. Uh, just to get oh, off, wow. just to get off my SSD, it's just taken yeah. up space. Mm. I've not played it since the seventeenth. It's like the yeah, I hadn't played it for ages, and it's just taken up. I need, I need to have a clear out my PC as well, so I just get rid of it. And the, like, it's not like it's a weird like flex, but like I've got nine hundred meg download speed, so it's not going to take me 
ages to download it if I do no, just reinstall course. it. If you it's, fancy it, you can play it again in five minutes. It's so. not like ten years ago where it takes you a weekend to download a game. Yeah. And then you're like, you plan your plan your downloads ahead of time. It's like yeah. this game's releasing on this day, and I've got this day off, so I need to get it started. Download it on this day. Yeah, ready to play. Yeah. So I've done that and um, been listening to an audio book. I think it's Stalin, uh, which <laughs> oh fucking, I'm just fascinated by the dude. Uh, the Court of the Red Star. Right, okay. Gangster. Really good. Really, really good. So is this is like a biography yeah. about his life or? Yeah, it's a biography. And there's, uh, okay. I listened to one about Hitler last week, which I think is just Jesus titled Christ, Hitler. Dog. It's like Getting 47 hours. Uh, Maybe we should stop this podcast here. No, it's just like... Get <laughs> some help. It's, it all just fascinates me. How do you become yeah. like... Yeah, if, very if it, interesting. If Hitler had gone to art school, like World War Two wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but to to Sorry. be that kind of person who had it in him, isn't mm. it mad? Like, mm. have we all got that in us? Yeah. If our paths well, went it's down, age old mm. question, isn't it? Is it is it yeah. in you right. from from birth, part of your 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 DNA, your makeup, or is it cultivated mm. from your surroundings mm. and the things you experience in life? Yeah, it's just like, it's it's fascinating because um like we funnily enough spoke about Stalin a couple of weeks ago and I made you laugh because I called him a gangster. And he just like invented Photoshop pretty much. But like he would receive love letters from like the public and like women yeah. wanted to like sleep with him. And it's like Who Hitler? They're Stalin. Stalin. Oh, oh, okay. And like um I'm sure they both did, probably. Yeah, and then because we look back at it and think, well, he's killed like 30 million people. Like, but at the time he's obviously he's powerful. He's the leader of not just Russia, but the USSR. Yeah, and mm. it wouldn't have been portrayed that he'd have been killing loads of people. He'd have been selling the message of a wonderful USSR. Um, yeah, and uh, apparently... Well, maybe like, it's the same as like we have in the West when we're liberating all these countries. You know, mm. we're doing the right thing. Mm. Really, we're just murdering people. No. So apparently he was a real ladies' man, which I didn't know. That's quite fascinating. Oh. But uh, mm. yeah, I, I thoroughly I recommend know. that book. It's, um, it's fascinating. It's really... I think it's the first time that... Um, Anyone's been able to speak to the actual like Stalin family and get like documents and stuff like that. Oh, really? Wow. So you'll have to send me that because that sounds like a perfect commute pod. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or audiobook. audiobook. Yeah, when you yeah. get to work, Ben, you'll be like, Did you know that <laughs> yeah. Stalin? <laughs> yeah. Did you well, know? Actually, I, I look the at facts. them all differently, like yeah. peasants. Yeah. I will come on. This man was onto something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, how, how about you, James? Cool. Uh, yeah, I've not really been up to much, but I did go to the cinema last night as well. But I went to go see The Creator, oh. which was so good. I would much I absolutely rather love that. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what, I love this movie. And there was a, there was a, there was a, a sort of time around maybe the 45 minute mark in the film where I was thinking this first act's been a little bit muddled because just with, with any big kind of science uh, fiction movie there's so much backstory that needs to be kind of put into the film so much kind of context to the stuff that's going on and with the creator there's this whole um war between the humans and the ai and then there's humans that have sided with the ai because their intelligence is so advanced they just act like normal people and people see them as living things so you know they have to try and like weave in all this kind of story and and like the the, the whole story is kind of based on this premise that um the AI launched a nuclear weapon in the United States and just flattened Los Angeles. And yeah. that's why humanity has vowed to sort of like stop developing AI and sort of take out anything that's remaining. Then they hear that the AI have developed a weapon that could take down, um, well, it's basically like a world ending sort of weapon, supposedly. And uh, 
yeah, so um, John David Washington is uh, the the main guy, and and he um, is basically part of this task force that is supposedly going to find this this weapon. The weapon turns out to be a child, and that's not a spoiler by the way. That's in the trailer. The weapon mm. turns out to be a child, and yeah, the story just unravels from there. There's one really wow. cool thing though. Like the Americans have this thing called the Nomad, which is like the North America orbital mobile defense system or something like that mm. but i just love the fucking depiction of this thing it is like the ultimate kind of science fiction wet dream it's like this massive ship that can just sit in like a lower earth orbit and it kind of just hovers around it scans the ground sees a fucking target and you see these big blue lights kind of like come down like they're scanning everything and then these missiles just fucking drop and it drops oh. like these little mini nuclear sort of warheads and stuff on these targets that's meant to be destroyed anyway it's it's just, it's a very Wait, it's a really dope. really good film it's a really really good film and if you're a fan of science fiction um you will love this movie because there's so many kind of like nods and throwbacks to like classic sci-fi films and like blade runner for example and movies that we all grew up loving um yeah they the, the cities like the futuristic cities are depicted like really really sort of well as well and you know, you get real like strong sort of nine vibes. Yeah, strong like cyberpunk vibes, Blade Runner vibes, and there's like places that have been decimated by war, and it's like District Nine is like separated sort of robots and like humans and stuff, and yeah, just really really good. But one of the things I do love about the film as well is a lot of it's set in like the countryside in Asia, which you don't see often in science mm. fiction movies because mm. a lot of the AI there. Um, uh, kind of like the humans have sided with them in this continent, which is now called New Asia. And uh, yeah, they're, they're treated just like people and the, they're almost looked at as like religious figures. Like the next sort of step in human evolution is this super advanced AI and the way humans can kind of fuse with their, their bodies with this technology and stuff. And it's just a great movie. I definitely recommend it. Like if, if you're thinking about going to watch it, please just go see it. It's a really, really good film. I can't believe how good of an actor he is. Yeah, he's great. The, the guy in it. And it's also got Gemma Chan in it as well. And she's, she's awesome. Yeah, so because yeah. he was was he an athlete before and I don't know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. wasn't he a football player or something? Wasn't he? Yeah, and he's obviously his dad yeah. is, is who his dad is. Yeah, and um, I don't know if yeah. I saw a Love, Death, and Robots episode with um, what's his Very name again? Good. Sorry, John David oh, Washington. If you've not watched Love, Death, and Robots, no. mate, I highly recommend. Highly, highly, highly. I don't know if James has seen it. But it, it's, it's on my list. I need to, I need to watch it. Oh, excellent. Like, I, I haven't got the vocabulary to sing its praises <laughs> like James just did for that film, the creator. But <laughs> it's, it, of, like, without spoiling it, every episode is like a short film that some geniuses, literal geniuses out in the world have created. So nothing, every episode is completely different. It's like you're going to like a, an artsy festival and you're going to sit and watch some amazing works from people. Like you've gone to that, um, what's that French film festival? Cannes. Can yeah, so you're going to go and watch some excellent fucking shows, but every episode is absolutely amazing, and I'm sure yeah. that that's the threshold of if your short story isn't excellent, then sorry, you're not going to be included in this um, program, this Love, Death, yeah. and Robots. But yeah, it's really really good. Some of them are emotional, some of them are just super like really clever short stories. Some of them are scary. Some of them are like futuristic fucking like you said james about that whole spaceship like if you love your sci-fi they all kind of follow this theme of like alternative sci-fi sort of stories but mm. um there are a few They're of awesome. them that will literally 
stay in your stay in your mind forever. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, I, I need really to watch recommend that. it. Yeah, it's on, yeah. It's on my list. I need to I need to see that. Yeah, the first yeah. season is top 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 tier. Mm. It's really good. Um, nice. So yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure that Washington guy was um <laughs> that Washington guy. That Washington. I can't remember his name. Yeah. It's- John Mr. David Washington, Washington. Mr. Washington. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, as anyway. always, if you want to keep up with us on socials then hit the link in the description, see all of our Instagram, Twitter and all that stuff. Um, you'll also see our YouTube channel where we have a video version of this podcast. If you fancy watching along and lastly, you'll find our discord server where you can join in the conversation and chat with us and other members of the community directly. So now that that's all out of the way, should we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of the episode then boys? Let's do it. Shooters have been a gaming staple since its conception in the early 90s. Like most gamers, all of us here at Checkpoint Radio grew up avid first-person shooter players, and I might be right in saying that we'd still pick shooters as our default choice of game genre to play. Over the years, I've always had my primary multiplayer shooter, a game that no matter what I play or however busy I am or bored, I can jump on and kill some hours or fulfill those hours with some fun and engaging gameplay. I've always been a Battlefield guy, so throughout the years, no matter what I might decide to play, I could always jump on Battlefield and have a great time. However, over the last few years, still very much an FPS guy, it dawned on me that for some reason I haven't got my primary multiplayer FPS. I haven't been playing Battlefield and I haven't been playing Call of Duty. I did dabble a bit in Valorant, but for the most part, I've been entirely first-person shooter absent, apart from maybe some single-player narrative first-person shooters. When asking myself why is that, the easy answer might be to say that Battlefield 2042 wasn't any good and Call of Duty's full of hackers, but I think there's more to it than that, at least for me. Is it the oversaturation of battle royales we've seen recently? Could it be that extraction shooters just aren't my cup of tea? Has the skill ceiling raised too high or are online communities more toxic than ever? Is it that every single game requires you to purchase a battle pass of some kind, rewarding those who do with some competitive edge, even though they're not meant to be paid to win? Do you enjoy more story-focused first-person shooter experiences or co-op FPS experiences? You listening at home right now might not feel the same way and think that the options available to us right now are better than ever. With a certain game to scratch every itch, considering out there now we've got the choice of Apex Legends, Destiny, Overwatch, Fortnite, Tarkov, Battlefield, Call of Duty, Valorant, Counter-Strike, Punch Showdown, PUBG, Halo and so on. But if you do feel the same way as us, that multiplayer shooters aren't quite what they used to be, then we plan to find out and ask why aren't there any decent shooters anymore? Or maybe there are, and we just haven't found them. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ben. That was a no, uh, right. nice little preface to this topic. And yeah. to be honest, something that I personally have felt, but I guess never really mentioned it out loud to you guys. Um, yeah. I think we always kind of have a shooter game in rotation that we play together at some mm. point, but... Yeah, it feels like lately we just haven't had that game. No. And I think it's a combination of a few things. Interesting. I mean, it's like talking to each other off pod. It was one of those ones that we didn't really think about it, but we've all kind of known it and we've all maybe felt it. And yeah. like you said, James, feeling it's, it's something that's been absent, but it's only really now just become like a realization because we all, I grew up playing first person shooters 
for my entire gaming life, if you know what I mean. There wasn't, I've always played a first person shooter. That's my primary go-to. If I had to pick like a, a desert island game, it wouldn't be Assassin's Creed, um, whatever it was I picked. What was it I picked? Assassin's Creed Origins, you fucking yeah. weirdo. <laughs> it would probably be a shooter of some kind because that's yeah, yeah. that is home to me that's what i feel best at that's what i get most enjoyment from it, most of them have some competitive edge or some mm. competitive sort of game mode that i actually rather i enjoy more than maybe i don't know a story focused game or strategy or even though i enjoy all games first person shooters to me are my yeah. bread and butter my cup of tea i love them so um I have a question. Okay. Start us off. What would you say is your primary shooter mm. at the moment of choice? Yeah. And if you don't have a primary shooter, like what we're talking about, where it's just been absent or you can't quite place it, what's happened and why haven't you currently got one? Okay, so it's an interesting question. And I think when when you kind of sent us like your, your notes and we, we I started thinking mm. about all of this, I... I don't have a primary sort of first person yeah. shooter at the moment, but I think before we kind of get into maybe why, I think the context to maybe for all of us, like individually, like why we've come to maybe feel like this. So for, for me, it's a strange thing for me was that I never really liked shooters before I switched to playing on PC. When I switched to playing on PC, that's when I really fell in love with shooters and really kind of found my competitive edge for first person shooter games. So That's an I, interesting observation. Yeah, and I think it's always been the fact that playing shooters with a controller is rank, mate. It's so yeah. grim. Like, I don't know how anyone does it. It's so difficult for me. And I, I did used to... Well, don't get me wrong. Like I spent hours on, like, Call of Duty, like Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 1. Like, back in the day growing up, Halo 3. Loved them. Because it's like... I didn't have a PC back then. I was just on console. Fine. And I enjoyed them. But then when I stopped playing those games, I never, I never missed them. So when I migrated to PC, sort of like a little more than 10 years ago and started playing on, on, on PC regularly, and I remember Overwatch, the first one when it came out, I think it came out in like 2015 now or something. That was mm. one of the first games where I really sort of found like a real competitive edge in my um, sort of first person shooter sort of like playing time. And yeah. So for me, part of the reason now why I don't have a first person shooter in my rotation is because... I just don't have that competitive edge anymore. Like there's no desire for me or challenge for me that's kind of worth it nowadays yeah. because when I look at the games that are popular and the games that everyone is playing, like Call of Duty, like Apex, don't get me wrong, I love Apex. Apex is a fantastic game. It runs like butter. It's so good. But Apex has got a different sort of problem. The Battle Royale genre has got like an oversaturation problem. We'll probably touch on that later on. Yeah, but there's many things, isn't there? Yeah, for games like Call of Duty, for example, the games that most people play, like I just don't like COD anymore, I think. And, you know, that's because I can't be bothered to sort of like be part of that competitive sort of scene yeah, and get involved and in up. that. Exactly. I don't want to keep up with it. And it feels like every season there's a new gun that's meta. And if you don't have that gun as part yeah. of the battle pass, whatever, then you're going to fall over. behind. You kind of being sort of almost kind of stealth pushed into buying this weapon that you don't want mm. to spend extra money on. Obviously, microtransactions and loot boxes and, and battle passes is its own massive separate issue. But I think for me, games nowadays, like shooters, are too complicated. There's too much shit going on in them. There's too many microtransactions. They're not sort of like... They're, they're 
lacking what made them competitive in the first place. And that's yeah. probably why I don't play shooters anymore as much as I used to anyway. Yeah. How about you, Connor? Um, I've been out of love with first person shooters for a lot longer than both of you have, I think. Yeah. Um, I'll jump onto online play uh, online games. Obviously, it's a group. It's easy. I, I love Apex, like James, but they've got matchmaking issues. I think the amount of times you jump into a game and it's two v six, like if you're not playing a battle royale mode. Um, mm. I love Halo, but it's not what it was. I think the last really good online shooter I've played, like from like the big boys, was Black Ops Three for Call of Duty. I don't think it's been that good. Yeah. Obviously, you guys are very nostalgic towards Warzone because you had time off work in like short periods and stuff like that I didn't I haven't got that with it I enjoyed it when I played it I don't know it's just everything's overcomplicated. I think yeah Call of Duty is meant to push and innovate and they just steal Warzone is PUBG reskinned like the map yeah. is exactly the fucking same they've stolen uh, DMZ from Tarkov yeah, and other things like that, and it's it's great. Obviously, everyone's jumped on the battle royale trend and PUBG and Fortnite. Fortnite have taken that to a new level, and Fortnite pisses all over Warzone for me, just from a gameplay perspective. Although it's not first person, it's third person. Yeah, I just I don't see any innovation. I don't see um yeah. like the I I love objective based shooters where yeah. you can go in. Um, I. My favourite games growing up like Bad Company 2. Mm. Uh, I liked Battlefield 1943, which was the arcade game on Xbox. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, something that. as simple as like Capture the Flag on Halo. Yeah. It's like it's exactly. so simple, but it's so much fun. And I think like I completely agree, Connor. Like it's it's so complicated now. Like these That's shooters, they're adding so much shit on top of just what's already there um, and it's, it's unnecessary in a lot of ways um it, it, I, don't, I don't know if it's where i'm getting older and stuff like that but me and femi jumped on Titanfall 2 early on in the week and that game mm. runs at 400 miles a minute yeah <laughs> and it's and it, just yeah. and it's just run jump die repeat and it's like i'm not having fun like i love the game i Titanfall 2 if you haven't played it go and play the story's great and they've just up, mm. stealthily updated it and there's a lot of people playing it um, but it's, but it's just, just nothing keeping me there. Like James said, there's, I don't feel like I'm progressing. I don't feel like I'm working towards anything. Whereas if yeah. I'm objective based games, it's like, Oh my God, I've joined the game. The team's losing. Half we squad up our hill, you'll be an engineer or whatever it is. And it's like, mm, you can yeah. turn the tide of a game. Call of duty is very much like FIFA. It's a 10 minute game. And then you're on to the next one before you mm. know it and it's just like mm. run jump shoot die repeat repeat yeah but for me it's like i completely agree with that but i just miss like the love that traditional multiplayer games used to get the the addition of battle royale has taken every game and you can't play a game now or Maybe that's too much of a statement, but so many games focus on Battle Royale as being their primary game mode now. Yeah. And it feels like just the traditional old school multiplayer team v team experience is just being forgotten about. Mm. And like, I feel like that's a massive part of why I'm not enjoying shooters as much as I used to. I also agree with what you said about the the sort of race, the the absolute, if you're not performing at, 
peak, not using the most meta weapons. You don't know all the best spots. You don't know where to go in four seconds flat, and you can't you can't keep up with it. Then it's just not an enjoyable experience anymore. And don't get me wrong, like if all of us jumped on now, we are not bad at shooters. We're not claiming that shooters are bad because we're bad. We're not reflecting on oh shooters right now are in a terrible state because I just keep dying over and over because we're yeah. not any good. Like we legit tear it up when we play, and we always have done. But mm. it feels that it it just feels that we have to play the 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 ultimate yeah because you you're, you're nerfing you're nerfing yourself if you if you're not like mm. using the meta weapons and you're not yeah. using like the meta plays like you are literally just nerfing yourself and yeah. that's again that is like one of the things that massively puts me off it because I don't want to have to use a gun that everyone else is using. Just because, just because it makes you it does the better at the game and like does the most damage. I want to play the way I want to play, but I know that this is and this is so kind of like prevalent on on, on in COD and on Warzone in particular that if you don't use the meta guns, like you are gonna struggle a little bit mm, more than mm. people that are using the meta guns. Yeah, and I completely get that there are some guns that are more effective than others in in certain situations, but when it comes to sort of balancing weapons, like Call of Duty, do it quite badly in some aspects because there's always a gun that just stands out that everyone uses. Like, I don't want to fucking use that gun. Do you remember in, I think it was the first Warzone, uh, they brought in, was it Cold War? The game that come out in between that life cycle. And you've got guns that are 40 years old that are more powerful than ones that are like modern guns. And it's like... More accurate, more more powerful. I, I know you're trying to promote Cold War, which is great, but that... They should come in and be yeah. a similar level to other guns. Yeah, like that, don't make, don't the make whole... the player feel like they need to buy that game but, to rank yeah. up that gun. But that was the whole controversy at the time, wasn't it? That anything new that they had added to the game that the player at home might have to purchase to maybe shortcut your way to get in that gun sooner or any new game that they've released where they have a plethora of new guns that you can only access if you buy that game. Mm. If they made those guns no good then you'd be like, oh, I don't need those guns. Those guns are shit anyway. I'm not going to buy that game. So there's this whole seeming strategy of them sort of, if they release something new, it has to be better because there's a price tag attached to it. And obviously there's a load of controversy around like the whole um, anti-cheating Call of Duty because obviously any player that got caught cheating would buy a new game, but they want a new player, a new hacker to buy the game again and buy the skins again. I don't know. There's a whole sort of Mm. backstory to all of that Mm. but for me personally i like you said connor i enjoy a really good objective focused game mode one where like i have been born and bred i grew up loving battlefield to bits and i love the focus of the team effort and like winning an objective as a team and traditional battlefield used to nail that Plus, with the weapons, it always felt quite balanced. Certain guns excelled at certain ranges and certain instances and situations. And it, obviously, this was a time of like Battlefield 3, Bad Company, Battlefield 4, and so on, where there was no real additional content. There was no DLC or seasons or battle passes. So the guns that came out with the game, they got balanced yeah. here and there, but there was no incentive to buy the next best gun that came out. So the guns mm. all got to a nice balanced level. But then, you, Battlefield 2042 comes out and I just can't stand how arcadey Battlefield 2042 feels and is. But I love Battlefield because it felt 
like it wasn't COD. But mm. Battlefield 2042 literally looked at Call of Duty and then just added a load of vehicles and big maps. And I don't understand because they strayed away from what makes Battlefield great. Obviously, Battlefield 3 had issues and Battlefield 4 had issues on launch, but they turned out to be very good games. Yeah. 2042, they took out the class system, which is what made Battlefield Battlefield. The, the, well, the fact that they put the class system back into the fucking game mm. just shows that mm. they know it was the and wrong what, thing to do in the end. What I love about Battlefield is like we'd go in, um, uh, us uh, us three, Charlie, and sometimes Femi or your dad, Ben, or Kieran, yeah. and you'd go in and go, right, Ben's going to be a salt class. James might feel like being a medic. I'm going to be an engineer because I like taking down planes out of the sky and blowing up tanks. <laughs> and you felt like as a squad, even though you've got, was it 32 players on your team? Yeah, yeah. They, they can be, you might not ever see them. They're on one side mm. of the map. And, right, we're going to hold B. This is our spot. We're going to be, we can do anti-tank, yeah. anti-personnel. We yeah, can, stick the mines down. And it's, and you felt like, even if you lost, it's like, no, we didn't lose B. Yeah. We kept yeah. B all game. <laughs> we held B the whole game. We and won like, our battle. You felt like you Everyone achieved something. Yeah. yeah. And even yeah. if you didn't get the most kills or the highest no. score, there was no focus on like being a, a oh, I got the most amount of kills. We've, yeah. With Battlefield, even if you didn't, like, I'd go games, I'd kill three people all game. But where I was repairing tanks and mm -hmm. I was uh, throwing out ammo and stuff like that, you progressed, your rank goes up because it goes, oh, do you know what? You've helped your team out. Yeah. You're actually yeah. playing your role and you're helping yeah. your team, so you get more points. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's a that's a real big problem for like uh with battle royale is because like the the only objective in battle royale is to obviously survive to the end, which yeah. is fine. That's what the game mode is. But then I feel like that the oversaturation of battle royales in this in this genre has really sort of like just taken everything away from traditional multiplayer. And I know battlefield, especially like. Big, the big team sort of like conquest and stuff in Battlefield, you wouldn't necessarily call it traditional in that sense because it's very nah. unique to Battlefield. Mm. When we talk about traditional multiplayer, we're talking like 6v6 arenas. Yeah. But the whole kind of Battle Royale thing has definitely detracted Led. from that traditional kind of style of multiplayer. To, mm. So much so that even Infinity Ward and Activision like neglect their core multiplayer game mode in Call mm -hmm. of Duty in favor of regular updates for the battle royale mode. Like in, in regular yeah. multiplayer in, in COD, yeah, you'll get a few weapons here and there, you'll get a few maps here and there, but there's nothing sort of substantial added to that game. They change no. the playlists up and oh, that's kind of it. And, with, and I, um, I get it. I get that battle royale must make them a ton of money. Their Warzone, yeah, of course. Fortnite, like must be absolute money-making machines. So I mm. totally understand from a business perspective, that's making us money. Let's give it 100% focus and attention. People aren't buying the Battle Pass because they want to play the traditional 6v6. They're buying it because they're all playing Warzone. I totally yeah. get it from a business standpoint. But it's such a shame when, obviously, money becomes the focus of these corporations rather than, like, a solid experience. Quality product. Yeah. But and, that's... Uh, that's my biggest gripe because every Call of Duty comes out and it makes a billion dollars like first weekend. That's great. Mm. They've got three teams working on Call of Duty, even more with like smaller squad teams that just do maps and stuff like that. Mm. Put Warzone as his own thing. That's yours. I know they do that, but they don't. They don't prioritize that game that 
in Call of Duty, like Modern Warfare 3, which is meant to come out this year, isn't it? I think that's got a year and then it's done. It's yeah. done yeah. until the next one comes out and then that one has a year and it's done. Mm. So Warzone can be its own thing and that's great, wonderful, keep that updated. But make that year, because people love Call of Duty and I'm not a massive fan, that's my prerogative. I like seeing people enjoy the games they play. So yeah. I don't like seeing like you guys, Charlie, Femme, big Call of Duty fans just looking at the game going, oh, do you know what? I'm not even going to bother this year. Yeah. Yeah. So and they've got more money than everyone else. It shouldn't be. And mm. same with EA with Dice. They should be the ones pushing and innovating. I see Call of Duty just steal and then Battlefield just steal from COD and it's so... Come yeah. on, change the Be game. unique, yeah. Um, so us lot as a group have never really dabbled into the whole extraction shooter genre. Obviously, no. still a shooter and there are many success stories. You've got Tarkov, a massive success. Um, you've got Hunt Showdown. People love that mm. too. There was a Amazon one that flopped. can't quite remember the name <laughs> of that one. Um, oh, I know the one you're talking about. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, it seems like um, extraction shooters are maybe going to be the next thing that the mm. shooter genre kind of pivots to. I mean, I'm not saying that Battle Royale is going to go away, but extraction shooters, obviously Escape from Tarkov is a good example of like um, what an extraction shooter is. So you deploy into a battlefield with a bunch of other players, maybe some AI as well. You go in, you loot, you kill, and then you extract, you get out. DMZ yeah. from Warzone, for anyone who's not familiar with Tarkov or games like that, it's basically mm. DMZ. So DMZ mm. is a carbon copy of Escape from Tarkov, but without the extremely strict sort of learning curve and hardcore yeah. realism attached to it. But um, but it just makes me wonder, <laughs> how haven't, uh, sorry, why haven't we sort of dabbled in a game of that caliber if you well, know I don't I game. personally don't think it's I, I just think it's because there's not been one like a like a decent one out at the moment. Like Tarkov seems like a great game. I've never played it, but I will never play that game because yeah. I it, it's just way too hardcore for me. Like I I'm not yeah. like I'm not like, you know, a noob or anything. I, I like shooters, I play shooters and I'm pretty good at playing shooters. But with Tarkov, like I don't want a game to be so punishing in that respect yeah. i want it to be competitive and realistic but not punishing like That's that it. but there is I a jumped game on oh sorry james well, go on, ben. i was about to change the i was subject, just gonna so. say i i jumped on tarkov with my brother he was a huge fan followed it when it was very early access and he encouraged yeah. me to get it and play it with him and i did and it's just stress inducing it's uh, don't get me wrong it's hardcore to the bone and it's designed for the players who really do enjoy that kind of experience. It's perfect yeah. for that kind of person mm. who wants a very, very realistic experience and fine. I'm not knocking it because of that, but for me personally, it was way too much. It was, it's not a game you'd play for fun and it's not meant to be played for fun. It's meant to be taken seriously mm. and it's meant to be mm. played seriously, but um, it feels like, there's not really many other options for us right now. Hunt Showdown's a bit more accessible, but um, even I've, then. I've always liked the look of the Hunt Showdown. I've, I, mm. But again, I don't want to play it by myself. And I think I've missed the boat. I think there's a steep learning curve to those sort of games. 
Yeah. And I think like marathons due out at some point. I think I'll jump into that day one. So then I'm mm. with everyone. So yeah. then I don't feel like there's a barrier to entry. What were you going to say is upcoming, James? Sorry. Well, I was just going to mention the finals because um, mm. the, the finals is is um, a game developed by Embark Studios, which is a group of former Dice Call of Duty developers. And um, the finals is a... It's, it's teams of three and it's an extraction shooter pretty much. So you go in mm. and it's set up like a game show and it's the, the, the it's round based and within the rounds you'll have like multiple teams. So mm. that it'd be three versus three versus three versus three. I think it's like 12, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you basically go in, you, you loot, you extract the money from the vaults that you get and you protect the vault from other players. They can steal your money. It's highly competitive it's not ultra realistic. It's actually like borderline fantasy, I'd say, in, in a lot of in mm. a lot of like regards. But this is the first time I've actually genuinely been excited for a upcoming shooter game. Like I've not felt anything sort of like remotely close to how just rewarding this game feels for a very long yeah. time. And mm. you know, I've come, I've I've played most of the popular shooters that are out. You know, you and me, Ben, we were day one on Apex when that drops and Literally. loved every minute of it. Um, Overwatch as well, big big fan of Overwatch. I love Overwatch, uh, Halo Infinite great multiplayer yeah. as, as always um obviously call of duty but yeah as we're kind of on the topic of like why we don't play shooters anymore the finals is very much a game that i think could possibly bring me back into this genre because yeah. it's got the right balance of being fun being competitive and being accessible but having enough about it that when you win it feels mm. like you've yeah i've won you know that's it. And I actually care too because Very so many sort games... sort of back to basics type of shooter too. It really is. But then it also has like a nice... Um, where you have your own kind of character and you're building up your own arsenals. Very much like what all the Call of Duties have done with making your own loadout. But I feel like there's so many games where it's like, I'll pick it up and play it. But it's like, why would I invest so much time into this? Yeah, the game might be fun and enjoyable. I played a beta for a game called The... Um, Descendant or something like that. I can't remember. It's in a beta. Descendants, yeah. the final descendant. I can't quite remember. Anyway, it's in beta and it's very much like a Destiny mixed with a Warframe. And mm. um, what was that other game we mentioned, James, that we said it was similar to? The bloody third person. Oh, Outriders. Outriders. Yeah. yeah. And, but I thought to myself, like, yeah, it's a fun game, but why? Why would I play this and invest time into this? Is it gripping me enough? Or is it just going to die out? Because, you know, if you are going to invest in a, in a multiplayer game where you can sort of build your, uh, build your arsenal and so on, but then the game's going to just die in a couple of months anyway, then what's the point? Like, would yeah. everyone be playing Destiny if the Destiny player base just dropped off a cliff? Why would you invest in your character when there's no point? But a game like the finals feels like it's going to pull me back in and actually care about my progress in the game my hours played are actually gonna equate to like something if you know what i mean i'm gonna have it's all digital it's a waste of time whatever but i actually feel like i'm gonna have something when i play the finals i don't know if i explain that well but there's so many games where i start to play mm. it and i've just got no interest because i'm not going to get anything out from it in the long term um but i do feel like a bit of a hypocrite and i mentioned this before we went live I've been playing Counter-Strike 2 since it came out and I've been having a great time. I've been having a really, really good time on it. Why do and you think that is? I don't know. I mean, I never played... 
well, I played Counter-Strike Global Offensive a little bit, maybe like three matches, mostly just casual and a few DM matches here and there. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like that was a game that had has been out for so long. And if you didn't do this, and it was very much the reason why I'm not a fan of the current modern day shooters because if you're not playing at peak performance and you don't know all the lineups and you don't know what to do and when to do it and where to go and how to perform whatever then you were getting flamed by your teammates and you're going to have a terrible time but i may migrated to valorant when that came out enjoyed that because it felt like we were all learning at the same time and mm. sorry this is turning into a long story but <laughs> Going back into Counter-Strike 2, where there seems to be a lot of new players, including myself, and everyone seems to be learning too, and there's a whole new engine, so even if you know the game from Counter-Strike Global Offensive, you are still learning this new game. And it really feels like just a real back-to-basics shooter that's focused yeah. on a single game mode like Search and Destroy, and I've been having a great time. And I... It's purely skill-based as well, isn't it? Yeah, like, you're, you're you, literal sort of... If your aim is good, then nine out of ten times, you'll be okay on, on Counter-Strike. Yeah, that's it. And you've got to have a cool head, and you've got to position yourself correctly, and unlike Valorant, where you have loads of utility, and you have to use it certain places and at mm. certain times, and certain characters for certain maps. And if you're not in the know, the same way if you're playing Warzone, and you don't have the most meta gun, and you don't have the most black blacked out skin so you can blend into the shadows and you don't have all the meta then yeah. uh, you're out of the game but with counter-strike it's like here's your characters here's the map you have some utility and if you're better positioned and you have better aim then you'll win most of the time and yeah been, i've been really yeah. enjoying it so for me currently that's kind of my maybe primary shooter but it's mm. early days i've been playing it for like three days so who knows mm. has the finals got a release date Nah, i check that thing like every day obviously you've spoke about counter-strike and i'm going to jump into that as well um yeah but the finals was a real breath of fresh air mm. it's a simple game games aren't too long and i like the tournament mode i think yeah. that's but like gameplay's king and I, I don't like where Call of Duty will change its balance in mid-season. Mm. And it's just like, I've got to relearn this. I've got to relearn this. And then, mm. and it's just not good. It's not fun. Uh, but the yeah. finals, it was refreshing. It, I, yeah. And it's it's really simple. And I, I, I think over the complication and battle passes and seasons, and I just think it just takes away from the, the product at the end of the day and it yeah. yeah i completely agree with that like i could not agree with that more i think the reason you're enjoying counter-strike ben is because it is a simple game i yeah. think the reason we all enjoyed um the finals is because yeah okay like it's something a little bit different but at the core of it it was just a very simple game like you yeah you play you play the objective you win and that's mm, it yeah didn't and, matter how many kills you got didn't matter yeah. what there was no buying better skins or better guns it was it was yeah. purely skill-based and team focused and it's what we want and you get those moments because, like Call of Duty, in like Warzone, you you might push a zone last second, and you get that moment. It's like, oh my god! In the yeah. finals, if someone's holding the point and you need Mate, it, those and, moments are constant, and oh, you just—it's it's a, it's a real so thrill rewarding. that game. It's yeah, a real you thrill. Blast through the wall, 
steal the thing yeah. at yeah, the last two second. Two seconds left. Two seconds left. Like you then. fucking blow out like three stories of, of floors and like the fucking vault crashes down to the bottom. You fucking capture mm. it. You're out of there. It's just so good. Like It's so, it's a real, the, the thing that I really liked about the finals and the thing I don't like about a lot of shooters is that is there's real creative ways of winning the game, mm. which yeah. you, like you don't really get that in a lot of games. You feel no. like so, um, you try things to break the game. Like you said, with the vault, yeah. I remember the first time we did it and someone shot the floor out and the thing just dropped and we was like, right, we're jumping down. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it really is that those, those moments that can make a game or take a game from being a good game to a great game. I mean, the classic uh, only in Battlefield. I don't feel like there's any only in Battlefield moments in Battlefield 2042 now. There's no, there's no real epic moments. I don't remember. I remember playing like Rush, the game mode that I used to love back in the day, where you'd be obviously charging as a team forwards, and you'd be clutching and grabbing that that checkpoint or whatever the thing was called last minute, and it was, mm. and it was super rewarding, especially if you were working with someone and revive. I don't know, but yeah. it doesn't feel like that anymore. It feels like everyone's bunny hopping around and. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got a question for everyone actually. So if, if let's say we get like the head of, I don't know, a popular developer, developer who makes shooter games like dice, for example, what would you Mm. say to them to improve shooters like Jimmy? What would you want to see in the game that would make you think that is a great shooter? What advice would you give them? I would love to see some external map interference with your current match. So I would like to base, like, for instance... So, like, what's it called in Battlefield? Like, Levolution or something? Yeah. Yeah, but I I've always, I always had this mind, like, if I was playing, like, a Star Wars-themed Battlefront, for instance, mm. I'd want some, like, external battle going on that will actually have an impact on where we're fighting, if you know what I mean. So okay. imagine you're fighting on where the Wookiees live, that very sort of foresty place. I can't remember what it's called. And you're fighting, you're playing together, and then some fucking mega laser beam fires from the orbital space station, completely random, blasts through the map. I want to see more epic, random moments. I want to see... It's almost just... like match modifiers then. Yeah. Or like map modifiers, I could say. Yeah, that's what well, I want to see. Well, the finals did that. The finals does yeah. do that, doesn't it? Like yeah. they they'll have like, oh, we've got a match modify like zero G's coming in, or we've got like yeah. um, you know, the meteor shower is about to hit or something, or a storm's yeah. coming or whatever. That's mm. well, that's 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 really interesting because I think like dynamic weather and stuff should be in yeah. more more multiplayer games. Like I don't know why you and like dynamic time as well. Like if a match is going on for a long period of time, like in uh Call of Duty when you play Conquest, sometimes those games can go on for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Like I want to see it go dark in that time, and then everyone's got to yeah. get their fucking night vision goggles out. That would be pretty cool. With like mm. graphics the way they are today, and like these consoles are super powerful and stuff like that. So yeah, just like you said, play even if it's just like oh, it's this map, but it's during the evening. Yeah, like, but there's, yeah. there's too much focus on it being competitive because if there are too many variables, then players will start to complain about their competitive edge being up to RNG. Mm. And that's why I feel like there's no change of time of day. It's just like everything's always the same because the players need to learn all the maps and all the like, you know what I mean? They need to, there needs to be some competitive edge that the players can achieve to be better than everyone else. And that needs to be forgotten about. But that Mm. shit does not matter in like 
just even in like a ranked match, it doesn't matter. Unless mm. you're playing competitively in a tournament, yeah. no one gives That's a shit. Like, stop whinging. That's the only time it matters. Until yeah. that point, like, don't sacrifice what you could do because someone's going to moan that they can no longer use this sort of cheese navigation way through the map because it's now flooded, for example. Yeah. I, I well, I've actually got... Um, sorry, Connor, go on. I think there's a real issue with developers backing down to gamers in general. Obviously, over... 100%. Uh, certain mm. things, obviously, like if uh, we've seen this with Unity at the moment and they're trying to charge and developers are like, well, they ain't fucking paying them and they've changed that. Like Stuff like that, I understand people like standing up for. Mm. But like, um, obviously, it's it's not a first-person shooter, but you see like the controversy leading up to The Last of Us Part 2 when that came out. Lesser yeah. studios, and we've seen it, will stop development and they will change things change and I think stuff, yeah. we see this all the time in this sort of landscape so yeah I, I think developers need to take more risks and yeah. be like right if you don't like it you don't like it and it's bring the fun back mm. yeah. go on James I'm intrigued well I've got a, a little list actually of what I would like to see in, in my sort of perfect shooter so I want to see more like in game I don't know how to describe it. More more mechanics that aren't available in the in the menu, but they're actually transferred in game. So like okay. crafted resources, for example, like happening within the game. So yeah. if you want to, I don't know, if you want to make like a Molotov cocktail, for example, you don't just equip it to your loadout and you have it. Like you need to find the stuff for it and use yeah. it within the map, for example. Um, the other thing I'd like proper weapon behavior. I think that's a pretty simple one. Yeah. Like not having ridiculous weapons that just do ridiculous things and acting like ridiculous like shotguns that can snipe you from like a hundred yards away yeah i think stupid yeah like having actual like the caliber of a weapon dictate the damage that it does it's not Mm. just a number if it's like a 762 round or a 556 then that damage is set it's not a variable it's like that does do this amount of damage in real life so that does this damage you know what I mean? And it, like, if a if a DMR uses seven six two and an AK seven forty seven uses seven six two or whatever, then they do the same damage. If you know what mm. I mean? I don't know if like barrel length and those kind of variables have an effect, but you know what I mean. The damage is actually set in reality. Yeah. But obviously, not going too far to like Tarkov. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And um, keeping with like the realism, like realistic movement as well, like mm. slide cancelling. Why does everyone care about slide cancelling in Call of Duty? Because like, oh, it's something that, that all the pros use. You know, we all want to use, you, but you're not a fucking pro, are you? Like no one gives a shit how good or bad you are at Call of Duty, whether you can side cancel or not. You've got people like proper just generic people complaining about not being able to slide cancel. And it's like, yeah. like the, going back to what you said about developers having a vision, like, I think that's a really good point. Like Infinity Ward with the Modern Warfare reboot, we're trying something different with that game that was mm. slowly kind of pushed back because people just didn't like the way or didn't didn't like where Call of Duty was heading, whatever you want to call it, because it was mm. they were trying to steer away from the arcadiness of traditional Call of Duties yeah. and make something perhaps a little bit more realistic. Because yeah, the thing that absolutely sold me on Modern Warfare 2019 was um, the night vision realism mode or the, the dark mm. nighttime realism mode that was in the, the beta. And I, I remember playing that game mode and thinking, this is exactly what I'm looking for at the moment for Call of Duty. This is a great turning point for this franchise. And they completely just went back on that going into Modern Warfare 2. And now with Modern Warfare 3, they're bringing back slide cancelling. They're bringing back reload cancel. Whatever it is, this bullshit, these these little 
people do when they're when mm. they're playing the game. I just don't like, like. Do you remember where there were tips on like don't you you stand a better chance if you actually are walking already ads like you would be in real life? Mm. You 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 will most likely kill the opponent faster and quicker. Yeah, because you're ready but now that's completely reversed if you're not running and sprinting and slide cancelling into a room you're dead yeah exactly mm. so uh yeah i mean i, I just want like a, a realistic game really yeah. and something that's objective based you know yeah. i, I, I feel not- like um the lack of objective in a lot of multiplayer games is is really sort of like changing the way people play and like um taken away from that competitive edge I feel like yeah. yeah if I could speak to the head of Dice I'd be like how much to buy out your contract yeah <laughs> get out of EA like yeah. how many how many broken battlefields have we seen now and mm. I don't think that's Dice's issue yeah for the most part I think obviously they, they've got issues and every studio's got fucking issues mm. but it's what Four broken ones on the bounce now, I think. Yeah. Mm. I think because I like want... shooters are so kind of like popular, people are just trying to, well, developers and, and well, not developers, publishers are just trying to capitalize on, on that popularity. And yeah, they don't care if the game is, is subpar. They just want you to play it and then buy the battle pass, mm. buy the season yeah. passes, whatever it is. That's all they care about. That's why so many shooters are so bad at the moment. This is a tough one because, you know, it's only going to be, even if an indie dev comes out with exactly what we're asking for, unless the world plays that game, it's just going to die. So yeah. we need a AAA dev to do, nail it. Yeah, I think games like PUBG, for example, I think they're very rare and they're getting rarer. Mm. Yeah. Unless... Because there's so many games coming to Steam, and it's, uh, it feels like like it's just like a first world problem. Oh, why are you complaining? There's so many great games just get lost in in the ether. There's you go on Steam every day. There's a new game popped up, and yeah. unless someone like I'm not really big into streamers, but I'm guessing like Speed or Doctor Disrespect or something like that. Unless they find a, a game, Shroud. Um, Oh, is it? Who's the other one? Acolyte? Is it? Yeah, remember. Acolyte's cool. Stone Mountain. And if Tom someone Ruffing. like those people that pe- I prefer the ones like uh, Acolyte, Stone Mountain, and stuff because they're actually first pe- person shoot people. Um, unless they find a game and it comes out and does really well, because I know Battle Bit is doing numbers. Yeah. Like, um, there can be people coming out with first person shoots, but if they haven't got the fan base, they're dead in the war. Yeah, if, like, if it's not got eyes on it, then it's not going to look at hyenas. Like that game was nearly finished, it was in the beta, and Sega just yeah. pulled the plug. It's like, no, hasn't got the traction. Mad. I mean, I'm, I'm holding out hope for Ark Raiders, I feel like that could be quite good, but I don't think that's going to be my my primary if you know what i mean mm, i'm really yeah. hyped for the finals and um i don't know it's just a it's just I mean, a tough just one marathon i'll just just see what yeah Bungie me doing. too yeah yeah Bungie, one of those studios where like they they brought out destiny and, like it was really cool to see them do something different that like wasn't halo and now i think mm. they're at the stage where it'll be really cool to see them do something different again yeah i'm always yeah, interested not to destiny. see what they're what they're up but to they've got, you know? destiny's they've great got, but again it's got its problems they've got um 
two games in the works, Bungie. So it, I think they're yes. going to be more proactive. So Marathon and then the one after. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think Extraction Shooters are the next wave, like you said. But what did you think of that United? Is it nineteen forty four, James? Tried yeah, I mean, it was. It was. It had promise. It or it has promise. Um, mm. I should say, but um, I don't know because it's a small studio because it's like an independent studio. I just yeah. It doesn't have like the financial backing to like yeah. sort of push it into any sort of popularity. I don't think, unless like you get one of these games where like Battlebit Remaster, which is just like a one-off where it will just spread like wildfire. It will be trending unless something like that happens to it. I don't really see it. Uh, yeah, having get, that was like my point mm. earlier, where it was like, what's the point? Unless like that Defiant game, I can't remember what the one I was mentioning, but unless that really takes off, then what's the point? What's the point in investing in it unless it takes off? Yeah, unless you get games like um, Hell Let Loose, it's got a really dedicated sort of fan base. And mm. you get games like War Thunder. Yeah. Obviously, I know War yeah. Thunder is popular, but there is like a real... You can get a game with a cult following yeah. and it can keep I mean, going. You had Squad. So Squad was quite literally funded by a cult following because originally that was called um, oh Project Reality. Mm-hmm. Where they'd taken a Battlefield game, modded it beyond what made Battlefield Battlefield, and made a really hardcore sort of yeah. team-focused game, and then Squad was born from that. But I feel like there's just two extremes: it's either super casual, slide cancelling, bunny hopping craziness, or it's Tarkov and it's super hardcore, and there's no there's no real perfect middle, middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's where Battlefield used to sit and that's where Modern Warfare 2019 used to sit but I don't know mm. but I I think was it you Ben that said like we need a AAA publisher to to come out yeah. and, and basically challenge Call of Duty but I do think that that is genuinely what needs to happen for just the state of the whole genre to change because mm. I can't really remember the last time a shooter came out that really made mm. waves in any um, sort of aspect. Because I look at Sony and they've got Resistance and they've got Killzone. They're two dormant IPs. And Wait, just bring Killzone back. And it doesn't have to be Gorilla anymore. They can go and get people. They've got people from Bungie that can go and oversee Dude, it. They own one of the best like first-person developer studios in the world in Bungie. And Make a small you- team there and like start something. And it it can be five. I'll wait five six years for a fucking great Killzone game. And yeah, I, I just don't understand it. And I think Xbox. Should, I know they've got Call of Duty on the way, but there needs to be more competition. It's all. It's just been COD and Battlefield yeah. for the last fifteen years. And then obviously yeah, CS:GO Battlefield shit the bed. Um, so, just COD now. Yeah, and <laughs> obviously you've got games like CS:GO and Valorant. I've got. Um, a massive fan base, but they're very yeah. skill based. There's no just jump in, jump out sort of yeah. FPS. Oh, Battlefield had their chance with Battlefield 2042 and they completely fucking blew it. Yeah. Like catastrophically blew it. Well, I, I, think they'll make an, I think they'll make another Battlefield. I think they want to make another already. Battlefield. But, I'd um, buy out, dude. If I was Dice, I'd get out of Dodge. Yeah. You can go to PlayStation, you can go to Xbox and it's just, they can get out, do things on a smaller scale and do really well. Yeah. I think Battlefield is just dead. Unless they do something incredible with the next one, I, d- I just don't think... 
Because I know, like, you look at yourself, Ben, like, you're a diehard Battlefield fan. Mm. And you're just looking at Battlefield 2042. So, like, what's the I point? wouldn't touch it now. I just wouldn't. I think I looked on the Steam um, player count earlier and it's like 4,000 people. It's just a shambles. Yeah. I did jump on it um, back into it recently and, like, performance wise, it's, it's obviously been patched and it's much better now. The game plays pretty well, but it's just not. It's just not Battlefield anymore. You know, yeah. it just doesn't feel like a Battlefield game anymore. And they got the Battlefield portal aspect where you can play maps and use guns and stuff from like older Battlefield and like traditional Battlefield games. And I just feel like maybe that's a cheap gimmick to get people to stick around because you can yeah. access, you know, historical content, Battlefield stuff content that you might through love that. From the past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, the core Battlefield 2042 game, even with you know, reverting back to the traditional class system that they had before. It's beyond saving now, in my opinion. Nah. And and it's not going to be long before EA announced a new Battlefield game and yeah. we just start again. And hopefully it will be better than the previous one. Yeah. It's just one of those ones where it's like halfway through, I was like, oh, we're being so negative. But I was like, maybe we need to be. Maybe this is one of those episodes. Like, what, what is yeah. there really to be positive about with this? Yeah. There's not a lot. Because all the games yeah. we, we love... And we love to play growing up, like all the shooters that mm. we love. They're just like they're just crap now. Mm. So someone either needs to come over, come come in and make something completely innovative, or these developers who have these, you know, highly revered franchises need to fucking get back to the drawing board and do it properly next time. The best, <laughs> the best online multiplayer shooter I've played in the past like 10, 12 years is The Last of Us. Really? Oh mate, the multiplayer in The Last of Us was actually really good. It's so good, dude. Like, it was brutal. It was tactical. Yeah. Competitive. And I think if that was a first-person shooter and it was someone, like a, a big developer, and they took that on, I think that game would have been huge. Yeah. Like, I almost want to play something that's, like, super competitive, but not super realistic, but something that's, like, ultra-high risk, high reward as well. Yeah. You know, like, you make a mistake, you're just done for. I tell you what I miss multiplayer wise from days of old. Killzone 2 multiplayer oh, was so, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, so exceptional. Good. Oh, and so good. I remember it was the first time I ever saw a game that featured like, uh, like, I don't know if it's called volumetric smoke, where it's like actually a 3D object. And mm. if you were playing on a windy map and you threw a smoke, it would get blown with the wind like across the map. It was See, so good. And it was like, it felt weighty. It felt yeah. gritty. And but it, they felt like there was risks and reward to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. But such a shame that it was console only because obviously you have fucking stuck with a controller. Like a if, you, if I could play, yeah, and if I could play a game that felt like that, like you said, James, where there's like momentum with your character. And yeah. when you start, he almost has to get up speed. And when you yeah. stop, you almost have to slow down. And your guns fucking weighs a lot. Mm. Oh, I would love to play that on PC. Well, if 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 PlayStation like did kind of reboot um, Killzone with this massive multiplayer like portion to it as well, they'd have to release it on the same day on PC because they could capture so many more players. I know that I would get that game. I'd get and that game day one. Another one, they own SOCOM. And they haven't oh, yeah. done anything with it for ages. And yeah. I'm just, you've got that. Well, they one, one of PlayStation's biggest criticisms, criticisms is a lot of their first party portfolio is the same type of game. Yeah. So, you know, they bring out a first person shooter. 
maybe they, you know, I mean, we've got GT7, but they, they just need like a, a more of a variety. Maybe they need like some, like a platform or something like Ori. You know? Yeah. Just they need some variation in their first party portfolio. And a shooter is definitely long overdue. A, cool, a Killzone reboot would be awesome. And that's the thing is, the Chinese yeah. live service games, Killzone online would be great. Just mm, yeah. purely multiplayer, doesn't need a single player. Yeah, and can you imagine like the whole picking your faction? And you're either a Hellgast or oh, you're one Hellgast of the like, rebels. Day, dude. Oh, yeah, but it <laughs> would be so cool. Where no, you're like, like, imagine the, the character design of those. Oh man, oh, I, I'd I love, love it. it. So good. Look, look I might have to play Killzone later. All right. Yeah, can you play it on this. PS5? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh sick. What's oh, that? Busted. So is this is like an art book. Yeah, of Killzone, and. It's oh, got all these like transparent pages of like blueprint and oh. it's absolutely, I love it. Look at the design, dude. Yeah. And it goes through like all the kill zones. They spent this like company who did this spent like, I don't know, two or three months going through. They had like full access to all the archives at um, fucking Guerrilla Games. And it's the best. I need to go awesome. through it properly. Yeah, I, I think they're on. Again. I think they're on PS Plus, dude. Like the older ones, and uh, I think Shadowfall's on there as well. But I already own Shadowfall, which that yeah. game's stunning. Oh. The first time I shot that gun on on um, Shadowfall, when you turn it into oh, the sniper mode, oh. gave me a boner. <laughs> I remember that bit as well. Yeah, so good. The noise of it, oh, just sound design. Make another Killzone game, Sony. Stop yeah, dicking I around. Think that's what this whole episode Fucking is. Hell. It's either sponsored by the finals, make another Killzone. <laughs> or... We hate Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, you can check out our YouTube, Discord and socials by clicking the link in the description of this episode. We hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. See ya.